On the show today, Rich and I talk about the best and worst Christmas music this holiday season and the joy of eggnog. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the December 13th, 2021 edition of Coffee and Koshan. So, Rich, it is that time of year where everywhere you go, whether you want to or not, you hear Christmas music. Whether you're in the mall, you're at Starbucks, you're at your kid's school, it doesn't matter where you go, you're going to hear Christmas music. And that brings up an interesting an interesting discussion. Is there any good Christmas music? And if there is, what is it? Because I would venture to say most Christmas music sucks. I'm just not a fan. <laughs> I know I'm sort of like, Scrooge or the Grinch or something over here on this end of the microphone, but I just got to tell you, I don't like most Christmas music. Um, I just don't. And I honestly think it's one of those things where every artist thinks they need to have a Christmas song. And so they all put one out or may put out a whole damn album of them. And most of it just is no good. It's just no good. And uh, that doesn't stop all these places from playing it because they do. But um, I would venture to say there isn't a lot of good Christmas music. I will tell you one song I do like. I do like that song from uh, A Charlie Brown Christmas, um, that piano song they play. Um, I like that one. I like some traditional Christmas songs um, that you'll hear at church during this time of year. But I would venture to bet most popular music Christmas songs, in my opinion, are no good. And Brad, that is where you would be absolutely correct. It's just mostly not good. I love the Christmas season. My wife jokingly calls me Clark because of my tendency to overdo it with large trees and things like that. But you just don't catch me listening to Christmas music while I'm wrapping presents or putting up the tree or whatever. It's, it's, it's mostly terrible. And I have to admit, this is partially informed. I have worked in retail. So starting Thanksgiving, it turned into the never-ending cycle of Christmas music throughout my eight-hour shift. And so I kind of learned to hate it that way. But it's not that I was a huge fan before that. It's, as you mentioned, with most artists feeling the need to put out Christmas songs, yeah, you don't. You don't need to do that. No one was made better by do they know it's Christmas or last Christmas or any of these offerings that have been given to the world. They they should have kept those gifts to themselves. Amen to that. Now, I, I too, spent a long time in retail. I worked in the mall uh, during high school and college, and uh, it always bothered me that the day after Thanksgiving, sometimes the day before Thanksgiving, um, they would just start those Christmas songs on a loop nonstop. And the thing about working in retail during Christmas, which you well know, is that there are more people in your store, whatever that store may be, and they all have an attitude. And um, it makes it makes working during that time of year just no fun to begin with. And then when you're berated nonstop by bad Christmas music, it makes it worse. Absolutely. 
So my specific retail experience, I worked in a store called Hastings. Uh, it was a books, music, and video store. Uh, don't see too many of those anymore, but I worked in the music department. So not only am I stuck listening oh, to this no. Christmas music, <laughs> I'm having to field questions from people who come in and would come in. And so I need you to find me this song. You know, it goes, da, 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 love. Uh, it's real popular on the radio right now. And I would reply, look, I'm sorry. I, I don't listen to the radio. No, you have to have heard this song. It's like, no, I, I really haven't heard this song. <laughs> and just these never ending loops of trying to explain to the people that, their vague uh, description with the only actual word included was, you know, the word love was not specific enough to help me track down whatever it was they were looking for. This was also before Google. So it's just me with like a computer of our stock trying to like hope that a miracle, ha hope that a Christmas miracle happens and I pull up whatever it is they're looking for so they can buy it and leave me alone. Okay, I will say uh, I, I did want to provide a handful of songs that I like. Um, it's a handful. Um, and most most of these songs were made before I was born um, because they feature someone who can actually sing, like Frank Sinatra um, or, or Bing Crosby. Um, if you go back to that era, there are some tolerable and I'm going to use that word very specifically, <laughs> tolerable Christmas songs. Um, rock Around the Christmas Tree is not terrible. Jingle Bell Rock is okay in small doses. Uh, I think I've exhausted my list. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, I do like some of the traditional stuff you, you, you hear in church at this time of year. Um, those are nice. But... Uh, I mean, it's it's a, it's really a small list of really good Christmas songs. Um, I think, uh, and and I think the other thing we have to talk about here, before we get to the worst of Christmas songs, um, the other thing that is very common that you hear this time of year that your kids may be participating in, and um, uh, whether that's uh, you know in in uh, ballet class or at school or uh, whatever, and that's the Nutcracker. The Nutcracker is is the most popular of ballets. Uh, every uh, ballet troupe in the country puts on a Nutcracker at this time of year. And again, I like I like going to the Nutcracker, particularly if, you know, a cousin or a daughter or whatever is in the Nutcracker and you get to see him or whatever. But um, once you've done the Nutcracker a few hundred times, it starts to lose a little bit of its luster. I'm just throwing that it, out there. It, it does. And I'm not... Like you, I'm not totally averse uh, to Christmas music. I'm a fan of a uh, Carol of the Bells, Carol which is Bells. Kind of a, yep, that's a good one, a, a haunting one. And I, my favorite Christmas song, which comes from, as we discussed, a Christmas movie, is probably Run DMC's "Christmas in Hollis," which <laughs> is go. not traditionalist <laughs> at all. <laughs> But I do enjoy that one. And, and before we get to just berating, I do have a fun little story that I learned in college about the song Silver Bells. Right. So I had a professor whose father-in-law wrote the song Silver Bells. This was in Nashville. He was a songwriter. And he spent years trying to pitch this song, and he could never get anyone to record it. And finally, his family set him down. They were, they were tired of him being upset about 
not being able to sell this song. And the reason he couldn't is because it was originally titled and included corresponding lyrics, Tinkle Bells. And in whatever... <laughs> and there we go. And, uh, you know... Uh, moment this guy didn't realize that tinkle was slang for pee so he's trying to sell this song because in his head it's just well bells go tinkle and so his family explained this to him he changed it to silver bells and now we have all heard that song thanks to that one word switch (laughs) little did we know it used to be tinkle bells oh boy uh okay now let's talk about the one musician who never ever 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 should have recorded a christmas song and if i am in a room and this christmas song is playing i walk out the door and that is mariah carey i do not want to hear any mariah carey christmas songs ever i loathe mariah carey doing christmas rich because it's very loathable. It's uh, all I want for Christmas is it's just terrible, terrible, terrible music. Terrible. Uh, it's obvious given the performer known for being an excessive diva does not just want you for Christmas. She wants many, many, many other things to go along with you. Uh, the only reason you're even necessary is to buy them. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's horrendous. It's uh, up there with like Feliz Navidad and songs that just yes. they they seem to have been written by people who secretly hate Christmas and want to punish anyone who actually enjoys the season. Yeah, I I I find zero redeeming qualities in All I Want for Christmas. I just I, I can't find a single one. I can't find a single one. That song is grating. It illustrates how poor of an artist she is. Like it's, ju- I, I just, I, I can't stand a single minute of Mariah Carey doing Christmas at all. No, and it's interesting. I, I we've both kind of grown up during Mariah Carey's long career, and for as lauded as she is, maybe uh, she. That's the only one I can really remember, and I remember it for being bad. It's uh, one of those things that. Uh, what's that uh, that movie the apartment or whatever that is just known for being ter- unintentionally terrible it's almost like that uh the all i want for christmas it's just all i want for christmas is to never hear all i want for christmas is you <laughs> amen to that all i want for christmas is no more christmas music if you'd like to advertise on future episodes of Coffee and Koshan, please contact us at coffeeandkoshan at gmail.com. Okay, Rich, I want to talk about something else that is very popular this time of year, and that is eggnog. Eggnog is the 
official, unofficial drink, I guess, of the Christmas season. And uh, it's something that has a rich history. It has a particularly interesting American history. And that is um, George Washington, our first president, had a very specific recipe for eggnog. And uh, if you make it, it requires a lot of eggs. It's a serious drink. Um, but it's something that you can still find today. The recipe's online. You can search for it. You can make it. I suggest if you're going to make this drink, uh, his version of this drink anyway, you make it for a party because it serves a lot. But it's one of those things, uh, eggnog is rich, that I, it just, it's the holiday season in a glass. And um, you can have it uh, not spiked so that you can share it with your children. Um, but I want you to tell us the best way to spike eggnog to make it fun for that holiday party so you can get through all that crap Christmas music that you're listening to with your uh, office mates. So I am pretty simple when it comes to my eggnog. And something you didn't mention is eggnog is also controversial. Some people hate it and Some don't do. understand why it's so delicious. It's unlike Christmas music, eggnog is wonderful. But I really like to just spike my eggnog with a good dark rum. I think the sweetness of the rum complements the richness of the eggnog very well, the spices that go into eggnog. You can also use whiskey, and I've used whiskey, and I'm obviously a whiskey fan, but for eggnog, I like that softer flavor, the softer profile of the rum and how it integrates in with the eggnog. Now, I've also had an interesting homemade uh, concoction at a friend's house that included a little cream de menthe, which is surprisingly good. You wouldn't think that the mint would really go with all that, and it was subtle. It was not the star of this recipe, but that's something if you're looking to jazz up or if you're just looking for a little variety with your eggnog, don't be afraid of a little cream de menthe. Now, okay, let me ask you a question because um – in Washington's recipe, he uses brandy, rye whiskey, uh, Jamaican rum, and sherry. I mean, you know, I, I, as I said, make it for a party. But um, uh, have you tried mixing alcohol uh, in that, like in, in sort of layering it like he does? Yes, I have. And honestly, it's usually just that I'm lazy. Uh, as you mentioned, when you're making something like that, it's a very boozy concoction, especially when you're using so many different ingredients. And so it's easier to make it in volume. When you're just making it in your glass, it's a, it's easy to overdo it a little bit when you're trying to get your, your two or three different liquors in with your eggnog. Uh, just because you're pouring it, it doesn't seem like, oh, well, I need a little bit more whiskey and a little rum and, you know, a little bit more brandy. And before you know it, you've, uh, You've got a, a, just a glass of booze with a little eggnog <laughs> to, to round it out. What's interesting, though, is um, I, I think that what's great about eggnog is that it's like the perfect party drink. It's not that sort of creepy punch thing that could go wrong, right, that that you serve at, at dances and stuff in, in high school and college and whatever. It's, it's, it's a fun drink, and it has some substance to it, and I really enjoy that. 
And the substance aspect is interesting to me because the difference between homemade eggnog and store-bought, and I will definitely buy store-bought eggnog. I'm going to go buy some. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, I've got some in my fridge right now. Later today. But the store-bought is so much thicker than the homemade is. And when you think about all the ingredients, all the eggs and everything that go into a homemade eggnog, you would expect it to be roughly the same. And, you know, if we had Alton Brown on here right now, I'm sure he could explain the science behind it all. But homemade eggnog is a much more drinkable iteration of it, as good as the store-bought is, just because it's got a lot of flavor, but despite the ingredients, it doesn't really fill you up. It's something you can drink. It's not too strong. You can socialize, and it's it's a fantastic party drink, like you said, because the goal really is the, the socialization – not socialization – socializing and enjoying the holiday with friends, and you're not – Unlike in you know high school and college, you're not just trying to serve up a garbage can of a, a concoction to get everyone as hammered as possible. Right, right. Um, one one sort of variation on this that I want to bring up uh, is a cocktail called the Tom and Jerry, and uh, I'm going to give all the props in the world to my grandparents who uh, flagged this for me. Uh, they actually used to have a Tom and Jerry set. And it was a particular bowl and ladle and these little cups that you would use to drink it out of. A Tom and Jerry is sort of a variation on eggnog, but it's a little bit different. Um, You have to make a batter first when you make a Tom and Jerry. And that batter involves um, a metric ton of sugar (laughs) and and, um, uh, a lot of eggs as well, uh, including cinnamon, allspice, nutmeg, cloves. Um, You put rum and vanilla in it. And you make this batter... First, let it sit in the fridge, and then you mix it with alcohol and warm milk um, in in the uh, the bowl, and then you you serve it in these little glasses. But the thing that's cool about these Tom and Jerry's is that it has a bit of a culinary element in the making of a batter, and the um, the cocktail element in, the, in that you use this batter to make this drink, um, and it makes a kind of different experience to have the same sort of feel uh, that you get with eggnog, but um, it's, it's great because it's a little bit different. So if you have, uh, if you're having a party and somebody's like, man, I'm not really sure about eggnog. I mean, you know, uh, could we do something a little different? That little different is the Tom and Jerry. And we'll post this recipe um, so that people can see it. It'll be in the show notes and we'll also do a little thing on it later. But um, this is something that I think is fun to explore if you're having folks over for the holidays and you want to do something a little different, um, uh, Rich, let me ask you, um, if you're not serving um, a, a Tom and Jerry or eggnog at a party, what kind of drinks do you like to serve during during the Christmas season? I think it's fun to start with the basics, as we've been discussing. So you can do variations on an old fashioned, like a cranberry old fashioned. And this can go from just getting some fresh berries and kind of muddling them in the glass to making somewhat of a cranberry simple syrup to. Ooh, I like the uh, sound to, of that. To uh, mix up your mix with your drink. And with the simple syrup, I'll have to uh, kind of dig. This was something I was reading a recipe years ago. And it didn't quite work the way the picture depicted it. And so I 
applied a little of my uh, culinary skill to, okay, how can I punch up the flavor of the cranberry on this? Because when you're having cranberry, you want to taste the cranberry and add that tartness. And it's a fun seasonal thing when you think Thanksgiving, Christmas, that's really when you think of cranberry juice, cranberries. Uh, Otherwise it's just, you you know, your cranberry juice. It's not something we just in America use a whole lot of. And so I like taking traditional drinks and offering the ability to, uh, again, play with them a little bit with something like a cranberry old fashioned or really whatever people want to drink. <laughs> to be honest, I uh, am more about uh, variety where I like to just keep a lot of things around so that whatever anyone wants, I could make it, you know, I, Maybe I don't always drink Campari. Maybe that's something I only have to buy a bottle of every five years. But if someone wants a a Boulevardier or something, hey, I can make that for you. So I think that's what's fun about the holidays is really giving to others and trying to make it special for them and getting, you know, it's selfish because we do get satisfaction from giving good gifts and hosting good parties. And I enjoy the giving aspect of being, of saying, Hey, I've got this. If you don't like eggnog, if you don't like, we can go in other directions, anywhere your imagination takes you. There we go. I like that idea. Um, this has been another great episode of Coffee and Koshan. If you want to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, you can do that. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, this will be our last show of the year because it's holiday time and we've got to be places and have people over and drink eggnog or or uh, cranberry old fashions, as the case may be. Uh, when we come back in the new year, we'll have some chefs on the show. We're going to have uh, some of our fellow drinking buddies Uh, to talk about what's best to make uh, for uh, parties and such, and a whole lot more. So we hope you've enjoyed listening to the first few episodes. We'll be back after the new year. Rich, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Fantastic as always, Brad.